0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to the Pony Stampede Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz. And let's get right into it. It is Cincinnati Game Week. It is homecoming as the two time defending conference champions come to Ford Stadium. Um. Going with something a little bit new this time around. Going to throw out uh, what I see as the three keys to the game. Coming into this one, starting at number one, is protect Tanner Mordecai. Uh, Cincinnati comes in as the league leader in sacks and the number three sack defense in the country. Um, They had 11 sacks in their win against Tulsa. There was only a 10 point win, and honestly, those sacks probably had a big part of being able to get and hold on to the lead. Uh, all of that starts with midseason All American Ivan Pace Jr. at linebacker. He leads the team with 63 tackles. The number two leading tackler has 33. He leads the team with 13 and a half tackles for loss. Next up is also uh, Wilson Huber with five and a half. He also leads the team with six sacks. Uh, number two is Jawan Briggs with three. Um, the offensive line has done a pretty good job in pass protection this season. Uh, looking at the numbers, uh, it's, you know Coach Lashley mentioned it's kind of been a combination thing of the line doing a pretty good job, uh, the tight ends and running backs uh, being able to, hold off some guys, and then Tanner uh, being good about getting rid of the ball and being good about escaping the pocket and throwing it away when he needs to. Um, All of that is going to be put to the test this week against this Cincinnati defense. Number two is Rattle Ben Bryant. Um, This is a guy who um, does have a a good bit of experience uh, coming Uh, back to Cincinnati after starting his career there, transferring away, getting an opportunity to play, and then coming back to replace third-round NFL draft pick Desmond Ritter. Uh, But Desmond Ritter, he is not. Um, I think everybody knew that coming in. Um, He's still an efficient passer, completing 66% of his passes, 1,500-plus yards, 15 touchdowns. Uh, I think an area where SMU can get to him a little bit, is twofold. Um, he has six interceptions on the year. He's thrown at least one interception in every game except for the one against FCS Kennesaw State. Um, he's coming off a game with two interceptions against South Florida. Um, he also reports came out this week that he uh, went into concussion protocol uh, in that South Florida game. Uh, obviously with them having a week off uh, that allowed him to get healthy he's expected to play um, but the biggest thing is not only necessarily the passing numbers the interceptions but he is not a runner he is not after facing running quarterbacks and dual threat guys for seemingly a while now um, he is not that he, if you want to get nitty gritty with the numbers, uh, he has negative 41 yards rushing on the season. Um, so I think if the, if the defensive front can get to him, especially, um, I think we saw that with, uh, Niles Paul in his three sack game. Um, I think, you know, there are some spots, you know, Jaden Jones, uh, Jalen Samuels, uh, Isaiah Smith on the edges that have been getting some some time and chances, some long athletic guys. Um, I think this is a, a chance where maybe, you know, SMU can do what Cincinnati has done and really be disruptive in the backfield. And number three is start fast. And not just on the first drive, but the second drive and the third drive. Um, you know, I think saw maybe an inkling of that. Uh, against Navy uh, for this SMU offense, but you know, take that first drive, score a touchdown. Take that second drive, score a touchdown. You know, get two first half touchdowns um, would be something that this offense hasn't done much of. The last two weeks uh, had a touchdown and two field goals in the first half, uh, both times out. Um, scored late against TCU to get that 14th point on the board. Uh, in that one, Uh, so really it's been since Maryland uh, that SMU has really gone for multiple touchdowns, and even the Maryland game, it was two field goals early, uh, the big touchdown pass, and then a touchdown pass late for a a 2017 lead uh, at halftime there, so I think, you know, multiple touchdowns early in the game. Uh, I think it was huge against Navy, for the defense to play with a lead. Um, And then just the style difference of Navy versus anybody, let alone Cincinnati. Um, I think coming out, getting to a lead showing, you can put up points against this defense uh, will all carry very well through the rest of the game. So those are my kind of three keys. Uh, There are, Obviously, a lot of other storylines. SMU is going to have to stop Cincinnati's run game. SMU's run game is going to have to be a lot better. Uh, And um, obviously, winning the turnover battle, I think, is something that SMU has shown is a big deal uh, to win games. So, obviously, you know, you can go four, five, six with those keys to the game. Those are really the three I'm going to go in depth with. And then let's just kind of get to know the opponent a little bit. Uh, Like I said, very different looking team from last year, obviously with a number of NFL draft picks taken. Um, I think not that the Cincinnati defense hasn't been good. Um, Obviously it's been elite level. Uh, I think six of their nine draft picks were on the defensive side of the ball, uh, including Sauce who has – um, in his brief NFL time with the Jets, is already uh, getting a lot of recognition for what he does on the field uh, that a lot of teams in the American suffered through for a couple years. Um, but I think the the biggest thing is just the change in the offense. You know, anytime you uh, lose a four-year starting quarterback, it's going to hurt, obviously, when they're the caliber that Desmond Ritter was, it hurts. Um, Again, not taking anything away from Ben Bryant. I think he's a very capable quarterback, but he's not necessarily a game-changing quarterback. Um, In the run game, uh, Charles McClelland is a very solid back uh, for Cincinnati. Um, 502 yards, five touchdowns on the year, averages 6.6 yards a carry. You know, then you got kind of that one two punch. Corey Kiner comes in. Um, He's got 253 yards and also has five touchdowns. Um, He did not play in the UCF game uh, status. I believe he will be back, but I'm not sure anything has been made definitive about it. Um, That would possibly. get some other guys involved but really it's it's Charles McClellan's show uh, he's coming off a 179 yard two touchdown performance in their last game against South Florida um, catching the ball again they've got another group of solid receivers they've got a good tight end uh, Tyler Scott has 500 yards and six touchdowns on 28 catches. Uh, Trey Tucker, 29 catches, 387, and a touchdown. Uh, Their top tight end, uh, Josh Wiley, you know, he's got 15 catches for 139 yards and two touchdowns. Um, You know, they've got some guys that can can go and and get the ball uh, there. And, again, it's going to be about the defense putting some pressure on Bryant, making him uncomfortable, getting him on the ground. Uh, and then the defense finding a way to uh, to see if his interception run can continue, and to uh, to get some of those turnovers uh, defensively. I mentioned Ivan Pace, uh, Jr. He's just been so good for them. He does so many different things. Coach Lashley mentioned they put him in so many different positions because he can handle it. Um, they'll move him kind of down onto the line as a you know defensive end. They'll Put him in that linebacker spot. Um, he just he does a lot of things well. Uh, neutralizing him and just making sure he doesn't blow every play up is is going to be big for uh, any SMU success this year. Ultimately, I mean, you look at Cincinnati this year versus what they were doing last year. I mean, last year they were they were blowing teams out of the water. They were just so heads and tails above uh, everybody else on their schedule um, and what they were, especially, you know, once they got to conference play um, of just kind of taking teams to task. And that really hasn't been the case this year. Um, Again, close games against Tulsa and South Florida that aren't necessarily going to be the cream of the crop in the conference this year. Um, of course, as seems to be the case, a good bit this year and almost every year, it seems like all the big teams get a week off before playing SMU. That's no different. Cincinnati had the week off coming off of that South Florida close game. Um, they were off last week coming into this one. We will take a little break here for just a second uh, get back to some final thoughts coming into this game. Um, I will share my prediction and we will get going into Saturday's game. Uh, this is Pony Stampede podcast and we will be right back.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz. We've been through some keys to the game. We've been through going over Cincinnati, so now we do an SMU update. We start with some injuries. Uh, Looks like the Mustangs will be without Bo Corrales for the rest of the season. Uh, The veteran receiver transferred from North Carolina was having a really good spring and fall. Towards the end of fall, injures his shoulder, misses the first three games of the year had three catches against both TCU and UCF. He did not go last week against Navy, and it looks like he will be shut down for the rest of the season. Now, this is his sixth year, um, but Coach Lashley did say that because of, obviously everybody got an extra year for COVID, uh, Bo has a history of injuries, um, and this being a new one uh, would make him a candidate to Uh, probably get a medical red shirt if he wanted to come back for another year. Of course, he joins Jake Bailey uh, as a veteran transfer uh, who is likely done for the year. Um, In the running game, uh, Trey Siggers did not practice this week, had a brace on one of his legs. He is unlikely to go. Velton Gardner, who missed last week's game, was back in practice, This week, but will remain a game-time decision. Uh, Meanwhile, Jimmy Phillips Jr. back in practice and should be good to go uh, from his linebacker spot this week. Uh, And then, just kind of going off those injuries, uh, there are a couple things, I think, receiver-wise that we saw against Navy that is going to need to be the case moving forward a little bit. Um, I didn't have an issue with Rasheed being targeted as much uh, in the early part of the year as many did. He was making plays. He was drawing penalties. Um, obviously, he picked up a little bit of a turf toe uh, against TCU and has been a little limited uh, since then. That's opened the door even more for some of these receivers to step up, and they have. Um, I think you look at it. Uh, Dylan Goffney comes off a career day and was the fourth receiver in six games uh to have a career high in receiving yards this season as Rashi has done it Jake Bailey did it before getting hurt Curly did it in the opener and now Goffney um and then obviously you know you have some some young guys in there uh Mucci is is making career numbers uh at, on a, on a regular basis but he's also playing in some of his first career games um So I think it's just a chance, you know, 20 completions, nine different receivers, uh, two more were targeted uh, that didn't complete passes. Um, That just makes the offense that much more dangerous. It makes uh, things easier, I think, on Tanner, um, who has looked really good uh, throughout this season. Um, But to go along with that, this is is the game that the – the SMU rushing game has to show up. Um, and in order for that to happen, it might be time to, uh, take the training wheels off Kamar Wheaton and just let him go. Uh, I know that there's been, you know, all the talk about his recovery from injury. And obviously that's no small thing when you're talking running back and anything leg related. Um, I know there have been comments about him, his understanding of the playbook. You know, I think at this point, with running backs out, with the running game, never really clicking, you just have to say, look, Kamar, at whatever percent you are, under 100, you're still our best back. You're maybe even still our healthiest back at this point. Here are X plays, X number of packages. Learn them know him front and back and that's what we're gonna run when you're in there. But putting putting him in for a drive and giving him three carries a game uh isn't going to help the run game much. Uh McDaniel, the fact that again, the fact that he's come back from the injury that he has and is a serviceable D1 power six running back is amazing. Uh I really like uh Levine and just kind of what he brings He's a veteran guy, he knows his role, he shows up, he gets the job done. But if you're going to compete against teams like Cincinnati, you kind of need an X-factor, and that's what Kamar Wheaton is. Defensively, uh, turnovers. I, I, I don't think anybody takes them for granted. I think everybody knows that you are much more likely to win if you win the turnover battle, the more turnovers you force the better none of those are secrets but i think this smu team really thrives on that uh, i think not creating turnovers against tcu and ucf hurt i think we obviously saw what those turnovers uh kind of did against navy you know the the slade interception it was a fourth down play smu honestly would have even got better field position had he not caught it but you know it just there's a difference between an interception Turnover and a turnover on downs. And I think to get club takeaway going again uh, does some things. And then obviously the Jaden Jones forced fumble that was recovered by Nick Roberts set up a short field and a really key touchdown at a really key time of the game. Um, You know, I think there are going to be some opportunities for SMU to get some takeaways in this game and uh, they're going to have to take advantage of those. Uh, I think we saw, against UCF, a couple interceptions bounce off defensive players' hands, and those, you know, all jokes aside of that's why he plays defense, that's why he's not a receiver, um, those are going to have to be caught this this week, and uh, those turnovers are going to have to happen. Um, but, you know, this is a game, this is a huge opportunity. You know, you look at this series history, and it is all Cincinnati. I mean, the first game, Cincinnati wins in 2013 by three. You know, 17 and 18 were the back-to-back overtime games with SMU winning in 17 uh, and Cincinnati winning in 18. Obviously, overtime games, also close games. But, uh, you know, in 2014, Cincinnati wins 41 to three. And then just the last two years, 42-13, 48-14. And the way that last year's game went, 48-14 is probably – Uh, The game probably wasn't even that close with Cincinnati jumping out, scoring the first 48 of the game, and SMU getting a couple touchdowns late to make it look a little more respectable. Um, I think this is the most vulnerable uh, Cincinnati has been in years, um, and it's an opportunity for this SMU team that talked a lot about winning a conference championship. Well, if you're even going to make it to the conference championship game, you've got to beat good teams. Uh, They had an opportunity against uh, uh, Central Florida. That did not happen. Well, here you go. Uh, Here's the next big one. And, you know, a win doesn't secure anything, but, you know, now you've got a conference loss. Cincinnati's got a conference loss, and you've got the tiebreaker with the head-to-head against them uh, puts you in a pretty good position. I would argue, and this argument might not be a great one seeing as close games against good teams like Maryland and TCU just resulted in a worse loss the third time around. But I I do think even in a loss, if you can keep a game like this close in a series that has not been close against a team that has really taken it to you the last couple times out, I still think that could be a positive. Um, you know, if you can really show, some good things, if you can play a full game and just kind of say that was a better team, I, I, I think you can live with that. I think that was maybe the one knock against the Maryland and TCU games is you really felt like SMU left something out there. Um, obviously, winning is is better than losing, this would be a massive win. I don't know if it would be the biggest win in recent SMU history. Obviously, there have been some big ones. I do think it would probably be the biggest conference win, um, maybe even as a member of this conference, uh, to take down Cincinnati with their history and what they've done and, and their success over the recent years. All of that remains to be seen uh, for... Saturday morning, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully, SMU can come out strong uh, to start the game and keep that kind of energy and intensity up for a full sixty minutes. As always, like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Again, subscribe to twenty four seven. We got a lot of good stuff. Um, including we will have a live game thread on Saturday uh, to just kind of talk about the game, give some insight, uh, but you got to be a VIP member to be a part of that, so make sure you sign up. I believe there is a subscription deal going on right now for 24-7. As for me, I will be there Saturday. I will talk to you throughout the game and, of course, after.